so many of these people have helped me so much without me giving them anything. And it just motivates me and inspires me and empowers me to want to go do that for other people. Leading Matters with Joel Caparelli. Welcome back to another episode of Leading Matters, episode 27 today, and my guest is Ryan Hawk. Ryan is a fellow podcaster, and his show is also about leadership. It's called The Learning Leader Show, and listen, I get into it as I always do with the intros, but you know, real quick story here. I discovered Ryan's podcast because um, I had Ryan Estes on my show. In, in 2015, I think it's episode like eight or nine, I want to say. And Ryan Estes is a great keynote speaker. He's, um, you know, go go listen to that one because it's worthwhile. But anyway, since I had happened to know uh, Ryan Estes, I, I follow him on on Twitter and, and LinkedIn, and he shared a link to an episode of the Learning Leader Show that he did with Ryan Hawk. So I clicked over to check it out because I love Ryan Estes's work, and uh, it was a great episode. You should go check it out as well. But what I found was a treasure chest of interviews and information with leaders from really all across the country, all walks of life, inspiring stories. And and, and that's what Ryan Hawk does is he's committed to putting together some pretty lengthy and thought-provoking interviews with as many leaders as he can. And he does it for one purpose, and that is just to share the information that, that he's gathered and he's been fortunate enough to, to come across. So he gets into the story about how he started the podcast and what motivates him. Uh, and then he gets into what he's learned from interviewing almost 100 different leaders, some of the common traits, uh, what you know, what can be applicable to our everyday lives, to our, our careers, our personal lives. And really, some of the surprising uh, kind of approach that, that these folks take to keeping themselves positive in the face of, of really just about anything. So I'm thankful that I discovered it. The, the day I did, I literally watched probably two or three episodes. I probably spent a couple of hours on Ryan's uh, page just consuming some of the content that he put together. And I'm glad to have him on the show. You know, I, I reached out to him, let him know I liked it, invited him on. I like to keep things diverse here, and I think you're going to get a great perspective. Listen, if nothing else, listen to the episode because you're going to gather some of the wisdom that Ryan's gained from almost 100 episodes of his show in 25 minutes here. But I do encourage you to go check him out. So let's go ahead and get on with it. And today's guest, Ryan Hawk, host of The Learning Leader Show. My guest today is Ryan Hawk. Ryan is a husband, the father of five daughters. He's worked as a sales leader, currently does hold a corporate leadership position. And he's with me today because he's also a podcaster hosting the Learning at Leader show. And you can find it on iTunes or at learningleader.com. And I would encourage you to do so because, uh, listen, there's, there's a ton of podcasts out there. But i got to tell you, when I stumbled upon Ryan's show last month or so, I ended up sitting there that evening drinking in about two or three episodes, and they're, and they're probably about 40 to minutes to 60 minutes long, so it tells you what kind of, how I kind of got sucked into binging the Learning Leader show. It was great stuff, uh, and he has some great guests. So he started the show. It's an interesting story. I'm going to ask him to elaborate on it, but he started the show um, after having an interesting dinner with Todd Wagner, who co-founded Broadcast.com with Mark Cuban. And he began to think to himself, wow, that, that was great. I wish I had recorded that. 
So he did, and he started the Learning Leader Show, and you know what, he's got a lot of great leadership experience, and what I find most interesting, not only in business, but he was actually a QB in the Arena Football League, and quarterback is arguably the most leadership-oriented position in all of sports. So first things first, Ryan, thank you so much for taking time out to join me on Leading Matters today. Well, Joel, I'm really excited to be here, so thank you for having me. Sure, no, it's my pleasure. So listen, I want to jump right into it because there's so much. I'm so curious to talk to you about what you've learned and, and about the show. But listen, for the benefit of my guests, and I hope they do go check the Learning Leader Show out, um, you know, I've read the story. I talked a little bit about it uh, just now. But um, for the benefit of the audience that maybe hadn't had the opportunity to listen, share some of that story with us, how you developed it, and really more details on, on what led you to start the show and, and what the intent was. Yeah, well, first of all, I've always been a pretty curious curious person, and so it, it, it starts from just having that. I think uh, I've developed that over time, but I certainly uh, have had that over many years. And so uh, I was fortunate to have that dinner with Todd, and it was it was set up by, by uh, friends of mine. And I, I just sat there fascinated by the story. I, it just resonated with me. I was um, It just really spoke to me. And the, the, the thing that bothered me was that I didn't have it recorded, and... I said, well, so here's the thing. I am a huge podcast fan. I listen to a ton of podcasts. I have a, a little bit of history of interviewing people uh, in, a, in the sales sales leadership roles that I've had. I've, I've interviewed um, hundreds and hundreds of, of potential uh, people to work with. And so I have a little bit of, of a knack for interviewing. I've picked up some of those things. I also study it watching people on TV and listening to others. And so I thought – why don't I reach out to others that have similar stories or, or somewhat uh, interesting stories like Todd and create my own podcast? So that way it's not just me learning one-on-one, -on -one, but it's me learning. And at the same time, I could positively impact, you know, hopefully people all, all over the world. And, and so I thought, let's, let's start this podcast. I, I, and then I just dove deep into understanding the make, makings of how to create a podcast, how to launch it properly, how to make sure that um, it does well on iTunes, assuming that you know you, your your content is good. So I really studied that for months as I prepared to start m messaging guests, and um, and so then I eventually did that, where I would I would craft my my cold emails to get the first twenty to thirty guests before I'd even launch, and I was able to to do that. And then uh, fortunately, on April tenth, two thousand fifteen. I launched, and it. it uh, I'm again very grateful for the audience and people that have seemed it seemed to resonate with them, and uh, it, it it did pretty well. And it currently now we're sitting at uh, roughly a hundred episodes, not even a year in, and it's. Um, I, I love it, man. I love everything about doing it. It's uh, a passion of mine now. It, it literally, I when I mapped out my perfect day, I did this exercise recently. One of the things that would be part of my perfect day would be recording an episode with, with one of my heroes. And so it's, it's certainly done out of passion for me. And I, I think uh, the listeners can feel that. I hope they can. And uh, the responses, like I said, has been getting responses and emails from people like you, Joel, and from others who listen. It means so much to me. So I'm, I'm just, a, just so grateful for the fact that I get to experience that on a daily basis. Well, you know, I, I'm grateful that you do it, right? Because it really is a tremendous resource. Um, I think I listened to the Amanda Holmes episode the other day, and for those of you who don't know Amanda, she's a 27-year-old young lady whose father, oh shoot, I forget the name of her. Chet, Chet Holmes. Yeah, Chet Holmes, who's a, a big uh, sales trainer and leader, a big company, yep. and he passed away with, from leukemia, and she at 27 took over uh, the company, and, and I tell you what, like, she's a very passionate individual, but what I like about what you're doing on the show is that 
it's I feel like I am when I listen that I'm like privy to a, a really interesting dinner conversation, you know, that I'm there, right? So so thank you for doing it. But what I want to ask you though is what have what have you learned, right? So you're about a, you're almost on your hundredth episode, right? You you mm-hmm. you're, consider yourself a leader that likes to learn. So what is it so far that you've learned from doing the show for almost a year now? There's been so many different aspects and things that I picked up, and I like to ask common characteristics of people that, that they've been around that have um, sustained excellence over time because that's really what I want to do. And so what I've learned about the, the, the best, the people uh, that, that have sustained excellence, is they, they all have um, many char- characteristics, but I'll name a few of them that I picked up that I try to implement. And so a, a few of those are. So these people um, have an overwhelming sense of optimism about the way they approach their work and their day and their family life. And so I think, you know, you have two things you can control. That's your, your attitude and your effort. And these people do a great job of controlling their attitude and of controlling how they respond to situations, both positive and negative. That's really important. Two, I think they, they, they understand and I've learned that relationships are everything. Being able to build, develop uh, relationships with others, seeking to give and to help. So many of these people have helped me so much without me giving them anything. And it just motivates me and inspires me and empowers me to want to go do that for other people. Um, the other, one other characteristic that I, that I think I've picked up on, and this might not be a positive, but I found that these, uh, high achievers, people who have sustained excellence are, are consistently always striving for more. And they're actually, uh, not always content or they, they struggle, I think at times to celebrate and to be uh, grateful and happy for where they are. And I, I think I identify a little bit with that as well, because it's like you do something great or what people think is great, and then you just want to do more and you want to do more. Whether my podcast has done well, well, I want to I want to write a book that 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 millions of people love. I want to go give speeches in front of thousands of people. And I've gotten to do a little bit of that right now. And so I think that's part of it where it's OK. You, you do something initially that you you uh, have. Uh, say, okay, I want to make a great podcast, but then that, that becomes not enough and you want to do more and more. And so I think I found that though, to be something that's common in some of the great people I've met with. And I, and, uh, I, I think I identify with that. And it, at times it's tough though. You want to, you want to be able to be gentle on yourself and, and celebrate. But for me, I, I think I struggle in that area. Look, I think that's a common struggle for for many of us, right? But mm-hmm. but what do you think about this? A lot of again, I've listened to probably two, three episodes. You know, I'm a big fan of Seth Godin, and you had him on the show. And what I liked about what you did with Seth, and for those of you who don't know, Seth, Seth is like a marketing prognosticator guru. He's like the quintessential go to read if you're trying to figure out how to make your marketing what he calls remarkable. Uh, but you really, I thought you pulled a lot out of him that you don't typically hear from him in the in the average uh, story. He talks about this tribe building, but you really dove into that detail. And one thing that, that struck me in that conversation and then across other episodes is that the char- characteristic of humility from all these folks really comes through loud and clear. And I was kind of shocked by that. These are not arrogant, know-it-all types. They seem incredibly humble about mm-hmm. what they're doing and how they do it. Would you agree with that? Uh, absolutely. I would agree with that. I mean, I think of Dan Pink as well. I don't know if you listen to that one, but Dan Pink you know, he's built this, this massive empire and he, and he just, when we were talking it felt like I was talking to one of my buddies. And, and so I think Seth Godin was that way, Dan Pink's that way, where they're, they're more than willing to be transparent. And certainly they're humble about the fact that they've had, um, some failures. I mean, Seth talked about the fact that, 
you know, nobody thought he was a genius when, you know, when he had, when he was in debt and things weren't going well or businesses were failing, but now everybody views him as this, this almost godlike uh, figure. And it's interesting to hear people willing to share the tough moments, willing to be transparent about their lives and also be extremely humble. And like I mentioned before, so giving and helpful, like they fully understand the importance of doing that. And I think they genuinely enjoy giving and helping. And that, I think that's certainly one thing I picked up on is the fact that combined with how humble these guys are, is they're just so willing to help. And I'm, I'm so appreciative of that. No, I would agree with that as well. You know, let, let me turn the um, the discussion towards this idea of, of passion and making sure that your passion has some kind of directed purpose, right? Because a lot of what we talk about on, on Leading Matters is more like if you're in a, a corporate setting, how do you inject passion, mission, values into everything you're doing? So the question I have is how can those that are, that are working in, in a corporate setting adopt some of what that you're, you are uncovering and how can they, you know, put what they learn on the Learning Leader Show into practice? Have you thought about that? So from a corporate setting, yeah, because I, I think a lot of my listeners are in that. I think a lot of people in general uh, work in that environment. And I, I think that the, the main thing to remember is if you have your set of core values and what you believe in, to always remember that and, and believe in that regardless of wherever you work. And two, it's, it's, it's I think, and Seth mentioned this, it's okay. In fact, I would encourage people to ask the question why, to think differently about what is going on. And then maybe if you need to, you might cause a little bit of a ruckus where you work and question why you're doing certain things. Question the policy around the number of meetings that you're forced to go to. Question the policy around <laughs> making these, these incredibly long and somewhat over-detailed, wordy PowerPoint decks to present. Question those things. Maybe there's a better way. If you talk, if you listen to Brad Stone in the Jeff Bezos way, maybe you'd eliminate PowerPoint and you'd create narratives that so people can really digest and understand what in the world's going on. Maybe you'd have standing-only meetings when you're the host of the meeting so that they're shorter and that people don't waste as many much time. And maybe you cancel meetings if there's not a defined start, middle, and end, and defined takeaways to say the reason we're meeting is this exactly, and we're going to get this done. And if that isn't there, you cancel it. You know, so I think there's a lot of things that you could, you could do, whether you're in a leadership role or in an individual contributor role, because some people listen to say, hey, that's great. I would love to do all those things, but I'm not the boss. I can't do that. Well, it doesn't mean you can't try. It doesn't mean you can't have these conversations with others and maybe you can build your own little tribe within the place that you work and, and include your boss, include leaders in the business to hope, help, you know, hopefully they can get on board with some of these things. It's certainly not going to happen overnight. And, and so it, it takes a little bit or in some cases a lot of time in order to cause that ruckus, in order to build the tribe to potentially change things for the better. Well, let, let me let me zero in on something you said there about the individual contributor, right? Because I, I hear that as well, is that it, it seems to me it's almost um, counterintuitive, right? That the individual contributor potentially has more power to kind of to lead because they, they're the leader of one, right, in many cases, right? Mm -hmm. So do you think that even though some might think it's hard as an individual contributor to adopt some of what you're uncovering here, that it really ought to be easy? And if so, like, how? what's the first step? Like, I say I'm a listener of Learning Leader, and I've listened to, you know, the, the uh, Amanda Holmes, and here's, you know, I'm a 37-year-old guy, and here's this 27-year-old young lady running a, a very, you know, productive company. She's done some fantastic things. And, you know, the cynical side of that 
that listener might be, oh, well, she inherited the company. Well, that, that's, that's misses the story, right? Like, she is leading that company into a different place than her father took it, right? So, mm-hmm. okay, now boil that down to this 37-year-old guy who's a middle manager somewhere. How does he, you know, break out of that cynicism to start to make that first step towards some leadership change in his career? I think that's very common, so it's a, it's a good question. Uh, but, again, it, it, it kind of gets back to thinking about exactly what do you want to do? You know, what's your sole purpose? And and the other question that a good friend of mine asked me recently is, why lead? Why do you want to lead? Maybe you don't, but you, but I think it's in people to do it. I like to study the art and science behind leadership and the fact that you're not born with those traits. And so think about why you want to be a leader of something. And then slowly you, you can you can start building that tribe, having those conversations with others wherever you may work to say, hey, I'm, I was I was looking at this and I'm thinking about it a little bit differently. What do you think? And I think you can build your tribe regardless of where you are based on the fact that you're just thinking because, you know, I talked to Dr. Henry Cloud and he said, you know, it's amazing. There's a, there's the first thing I like to check with people is, are you actually thinking at all? And I, I'm, I'm, I'm on board with that to say, to say, take us up because so it's so easy to, to get into the, you know, the monotony of the day of to come in at, at a certain time to do the things that you have to do to kind of cruise the internet, to h- hurry up and get the lunch, take your lunch, get back, do some of the, some of the same type of behaviors and then go home and get ready to do it all over again. I mean, it takes, you got to get intentional with what you want to do. I, I, I'm a big believer in having a morning routine, get up, get up early, journal, drink water, you know, work out, uh, do the things that you enjoy doing, whether it's writing, listening, podcasts, doing those types of things before your family wakes up, before your kids wake up, so that you've started off your day right, so that once you go to work, you're energized, you're ready to go. And when you have um, some time to meet with others or free time, you can you can start um, advocating and and helping and getting others to think differently. So I think it's it's like uh, Darren Hardy's compound effect. It does it's like brick by brick doing it every single day consistently is what's going to help create change or as Seth would say ca- causing a little bit of a ruckus and that's okay. The, some of the greatest in the world that's how they got started was because they were they were questioning things and I think it's necessary for all of us to be very curious. Um, and if you are I, there's a much better chance for you to do something big than if you're just going to sit there and show up and do it day mm-hmm. by day by day. Mm-hmm, sure. You know, as you're talking about that, I mean, did you ever read The uh, the Power of Habit by Charles Duhigg? I think it was. Yeah, I've, I've, I've tried to get Charles uh, on my podcast. Oh, Still really? working on that. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> yeah, it's a great book, right? It's uh, And I, I hear, like, what I loved about that book was a very science, for those who haven't read it, a real scientific uh look at how our, our chemistry builds habit and we you know people call it muscle memory but it's really what happens in the brain and you know he makes a clear case for listen there is not a habit in the world that you can't create or you can't break by creating a new one so i like that because what you've said there because listen this is our daily you know goings on might be filled with a little bit of, uh, of drudgery let's say but but you know we, we got to create the habit of positive positive thought and whatnot so there's a question buried in here i promise and and what i thought after i thought about um power of habit is what clearly you're you're well read on the topic of personal development and leadership so aside from power of habit what are some other you know if you're going to tell somebody hey here's the three uh leadership personal development books that you should invest in if you haven't read them before what, what would they be well the the books that i gift the most i'll i'll let you know is start is 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 start with why by simon sinek is good to great by jim collins is and is give and take by adam grant and i think those kind of cover different areas give and take is all about how 
how givers, people who seek to help others long-term will have success. The takers of the world may have some short-term success, but over time they will not. I mean, give, give Good to Great is one of the greatest you know, management leadership books uh, of all time. And start with why I'm a big Simon Sinek fan. I would, I would watch Simon Sinek's TED Talk, um, study what, what he talks about because it's important to understand why you're doing something. Uh, it, it, and that it sounds so simple, but most of the great ones are able to boil down their thoughts and ideas to, to something that is simplistic. And, and those, those guys, those three guys do it really well. Sure. No, thank you. That's perfect. I think that's a perfect list. Um, let me uh, just a couple more questions before we, we kind of wrap up here. But I'm curious about the responsibility that you think leaders have to invest not only in you know the development of employees to do a better job, but do you think that they have, you know, again, if you're leading a team or, or whatever it might be, uh, do they also have the responsibility to develop their team so that the team members become better, better thems, if you will? Absolutely. Uh, I've been in these types of roles before, and I think one of the one of the first things that you should do if you're a new leader is sit down and have and gain an immense understanding of your people and what their why is and what they're all about. I I, I created this little exercise that I do with people who who uh, work for me, and also you should think of it as this, as if if you have people who work for you and you're listening to this, and let's say you have let's say you have 15 direct reports, you should flip that chart that uh, whatever the, the you, you know, the organizational charts, flip that thing upside down. You work for those 15 people and you need to take that approach. They are your boss. And so you have to work like crazy to, to get to know and understand each and every one of them. And I firmly believe this, but the exercise that I did is it was very simple, but it was called a getting to know you document. And really what it was, it was about 25 questions to get to know them. It was optional. They didn't have to do it because as it, you know, depending on where you work, you might may not be allowed to ask personal questions. But for me, I wanted to know the name of their wife and their kids. I wanted to know when their birthdays were. I wanted to know all these specific details about each and every one of them about what they liked best so that maybe I could surprise them with a get with a gift. Maybe I could send a video game to their nine year old son because their dad crushed it at work. You know, think about those little things. You, you, if, and if, when your people know that you're thinking about them at that level, when you care that much about them, you, the impact that you can potentially have as a team, as a unit, is immense. And the, those people will, will work like crazy for you in the organization because they know you truly do care. And it is that just that. You have to truly care to do those things and take the time to develop the people skills to understand what makes your people tick to help develop them. You know, I think one of the great, great ways to, to, to give uh, to, to help your help people is to give them great books to read. But you don't I don't think you necessarily give everybody the same book. So I would sometimes come in with 15 different books, you know, because these people uh, have different interests and different things that make them tick. So maybe I need to go to the bookstore and spend 90 minutes looking at different books for those for each individual because well start with why may not work for them may, or maybe it, it, it'll work for them but maybe there's something that's even better so i think just thinking at that level helps create a better them as you put it and it's so important and certainly if you're in a leadership role that is absolutely one of your duties that's good i like that's good advice too i think it uh, and i think that builds a an intimacy across the team you know and i was going to ask this but now as you're talking i'm curious about it you know look you played quarterback in college you played in the arena league and, and it is definitely a leadership position on the field can you just can, did you learn things from from that experience of, of being a quarterback on a professional arena football team that that you're applying even today i'm curious if that's true and if so what it, what it might be 
Well, I certainly learned the, the importance of, of being on the same page and of teamwork and the fact that while I was the leader, I needed every one of those other guys who was out in the field with me to be doing their jobs because if one of us failed at doing that job, we probably all were going to fail. Occasionally, you can make something happen, but typically you, you need all, the, all 11 guys to, to do their job when you're playing football, and I learned that, and I also learned the difference in personalities with each and every one of my teammates, and I had to coach them and lead them differently based on what made them tick. It's very similar to the corporate world. You need to take the time to get to know them. I, you know, I remember a specific a running back I played with who did not handle being yelled at very well. You had to love on him. He was a great player, but you needed to love on him more than just yell at him. And if a coach did that wrong, maybe it was on me as the leader of the team, as the quarterback, to sit the coach down and say, listen, you know, he doesn't respond well to that type of coaching. I know that's your style, but you need to put your arm around this guy and love on him. Now, the other guy over there, yes, he is the type who, when you yell at him and you get on him, he does respond by maybe even out of being angry at you, but he responds in a better way and plays better. So you have to understand the difference in people's personalities and their makeup to say, okay, how do I approach each and every one to help uh, inspire, empower them? Uh, motivation comes from within, but even motivate them a little bit. So I think it's 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 it helps you gain a great understanding of people and how to drive and push and lead people and the fact that there's many different ways to do it. And, and it's on you as the leader to, to understand all of those different styles. No, that's a good one too, right? I think you got to be, you know, try to be all things to all people when you can, right? Not easy, but I think sometimes you got to adjust your, um, your approach depending upon who it is on the team. So I like that a lot, and, and I'm glad that you're having a chance to kind of dive into it a little bit more. Mm-hmm. So listen, Ryan, one last question, and I want to put you on the spot a little bit, okay? So sorry, but I got to ask you, what was your favorite episode that you've done so far and why? Oh, man. I will say Cat Cole is uh, – this is this answer will change every day. But Cat Cole, I would, if you haven't listened to that one, I think she is one of the most impressive humans I've ever met just in the fact that she knows exactly what she's doing. She is extremely polished. She's very intelligent. She's in- extremely inspiring. I love her story. She started as a Hooters waitress at the age of 17 uh, to help uh, pay bills because her, she, she was raised by a single mom, went on to uh, to ra- rise in the ranks of um, working at Hooters as far as uh, started doing all different types of roles, was then promoted to a VP of training, and then even up and up and up, and then eventually was recruited to be the president of Cinnabon, um, and now is the president of Focus Brands, and is having an impact all over uh, the world, truly is. She's traveled the world helping people, helping leaders of all all types. And I, I actually, I talked to her about this. I think she could have a career uh, in politics, uh, potentially like that type of level of leadership. Uh, that's how impressed I am with Kat Cole. And I was honored to speak with her. I love that episode. Uh, it's not necessarily the most popular one because her name isn't, she's not Seth Godin or a Dan Pink type, but I was so, I am so impressed with Kat and I'd love to have many more of those conversations with her. That is fantastic. And I will link up the Kat Cole episode as well. Yep. So the audience can check it out. Okay, listen, I'm going to wrap it up there, Ryan. I, uh, I can't thank you enough. And just for the benefit of the audience, again, we've been speaking with Ryan Hawk. He is uh, the host of the Learning Leader Show. You can find it at learningleader.com or on iTunes, of course. And listen, do yourself a favor. 
if you've liked what you've heard today, go check out Ryan's show because you've heard him kind of speak. I could tell you that he pulls a lot of great stuff out of all his guests, and he's got nearly 100 of them so far. So it'll absolutely be a great uh, exercise of your time. Add it to your list if you download podcasts on, on, your, on your mobile device, and you'll be glad that you did. So, Ryan, listen, thank you so much for taking time out of your day and, and joining us on Reading Matters. Thanks so much, Joel. I really uh, appreciate the opportunity to, to talk with you. Thank you.